Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Harold and this family is in this church, and they live pretty far away, right? Just a hop and a skip, right? Yeah, just a little uh, from Virginia, right? West Virginia. Not just Virginia, but West Virginia. All right. So uh, I just want to thank him for partnering with us, being a part of this body. Isn't it awesome when we have amazing, awesome, quality people that really attach to uh, what God has placed in this house and uh, are partnering with us. So thank you and enjoy. Enjoy it. All right. Amen. Let's put our hands together and bless God. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We thank you, Father, for what, you're, for what you're doing. And Father, I declare and decree that you would begin to cause our expectation to totally, um, just totally flood this house to the point where your glory begins to flood the house. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that we're in a season of healing and deliverance and freedom in you. And Father, we ask that you would cause that manifestation of freedom just to enter this house in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for our leaders. We thank you for apostles. Uh, Melody and Stephen, Lord, as they're traveling and as they're ministering the, the, the word of the Lord, we ask that you be with them even where they're at and, and, and pour out your glory even in their service this morning. But Father, as we're here, Father, we're here seeking you, seeking your face. And I like how we said it earlier, together, we're doing this together. Father, we want to see more of you. We need more of you. So Father, release your power in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me ask, is it, how's everyone? How are we doing? Okay, I see smiling faces. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Had to make sure, amen, that we are filled with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Hallelujah. So on this morning, I'm not going to hold us long. I'm just going to just say what I believe God is saying in this hour. And really, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come from dealing with identity in Christ, knowing your identity in Christ or through Christ. Amen? Amen. And I think I preach here several times now where you know I like when people talk back. Amen. Except for my children. Amen. They're not allowed to talk back. But you guys are allowed to talk back. Amen. I honor, again, our, our leaders, our, our pastors in their absence. Amen. And, and I just honor each of you. Thank you, uh, Pastor Joel, for the introduction. Amen. And I, I praise God for, for my wife. I always make sure I plug her in there because God has been doing some incredible things in her body. Um, as we know, the beginning of this year, January, I believe, she was diagnosed with MS, but God has been just doing some miraculous things in her, and we're just believing for the finished work, amen, to be manifested in the earth realm, amen. So keep praying for her, amen, and, and just keep believing with us, amen. Um, just one thing, you know, we, we, we have the opportunity 
you know, to travel and, and do different things and release the word of the Lord. But there's something about when you're asked to come home and minister the word of the Lord. Amen. So I, I, I say that to say thank you. <laughs> thank you. I know this is vacation season and a lot of you are here and I appreciate that. And, and at this point, let's just go in and see what God has to say. Amen. Amen. Genesis. We'll start with Genesis. It's good to start with the beginning. <laughs> Amen. We'll start with Genesis. Hallelujah. Genesis 1. Not that, not that far in the beginning, but Genesis 127. <laughs> Amen. Look all the way to the beginning. Amen. Genesis 1, verse 27, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Amen? So that's easy, right? So that's it. Amen. We're done. We're done. We can go home. Amen. But no, um, while studying the scripture, again, I want to talk about identity, you know, our identity through God and our identity through Christ Jesus. Amen? So when studying the scripture, I received a lot that I really want to give to our family this morning, if you would just give me the opportunity to, to share with you. So when we think about God creating us in his image, first we need to recognize that's an honor, that he would choose us to, to, you know, to share in his image. Amen? Do you agree with that? So a lot of you, all of us, not a lot of you, all of us, share in his image. We look like him. Amen. Tell somebody, I look good. I look good. I look good. <laughs> Tell somebody else, I look good. And even the one that look, that's sitting next to you that looks mad, you can tell them you look good too. Because we've been made in the image of God. Amen. So when we think about God creating us, we have to take this deeper than, than God just creating us in his image. And, and I'm the type of person, and Bible school will tell you to always go back and read the original uh, text and the, the original interpretation, and, and a lot of times pull out the Hebraic meaning of the particular scripture. So when I, when I studied this, the original context of the scripture is not that we're just created in his image, but we are made as his image, okay? So I'm going to say that again. We're not just created in his image, but we are made as his image on the earth. Does that make sense? Okay, let me make sure. Miss Loretta, does that make sense? Okay, because <laughs> she'll tell me. She'll say, Harold, that, that's not right. But we have been created in, in his image and also as his image, as a, as a replication of who he is. Bible scholar DJA Kleins puts it like this, and I like his interpretation. He says, thus we may say that according to Genesis 1, um, he comes out to say that man does not have just the image of God, nor just been made in the image of God, but he is himself the image of God. Humankind, then, was created to be a copy or a graphic image of the creator himself. We are called to be a formal, visible, and understandable representation of who God is and what he is really like. Amen. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with us for just a few moments, amen, and just, just ask yourself, you know, do I look like God? 
do I sound like God? In my day-to-day, do I represent him well? Amen? Do I look like God, sound like God? Do I represent him well? And, 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 and that's why the Bible tells us to be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds. Because as we're being renewed in our minds, we're now being conformed even more to his image. Do you believe that? Amen. So, so again, ask yourselves day to day. And I know, remember the, the, the slogan or the, or the thing, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And I think we kind of let that go. But sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what would God do? What would Jesus do in this situation? Amen. There's times, you know, when, when things arise in our lives, that sometimes we take on a different image. We're not going to call out what those images are. <laughs> we'll let you think about that one. And it's not to, to judge or to call you out, but it's to bring a recollection to you. Are you really flowing in the image of God? Amen. Understand this, that in the word, there was an identity theft that happened. Amen. So we talked about having identity through God, but recognize that there, that, that was attempted to be stolen from us. Amen. And we're still in the beginning when we, when we recognize Satan, Lucifer, showing up on the scene. His whole job, the Bible tells us, John 10 and 10, is to kill, steal, 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 and destroy. Amen. So he came to, to steal our true identity by putting sin as our nature. Amen. And I'm not here to preach about sin, but I think sometimes we need to preach about sin. <laughs> Probably more than some other stuff we preach about. Amen. The thief does not come except to steal and to, and to kill and to destroy. But I like what God says. He says, or Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. More specifically, the identity on the earth as we know it with the fall of Adam and Eve was an attempted identity theft. The fall didn't destroy or remove the image of God. It marred it or distorted God's vision for all mankind. Amen? Even since the day of the fall, the believer has not, has had not only been victims of identity theft, but also have had an identity crisis. Amen? One thing I, I know um, with my young age, amen, <laughs> oftentimes people always say, you know, our, this generation uh, is in an identity crisis, but it's not just this, it's not just my generation or not just all generations have tapped into an identity crisis. We don't know who we are. We don't know whose we are. And with that, we don't know what we possess. But when you begin to turn on the light, tell somebody, turn on the light, you begin to recognize who you are, what you can possess, and what you can do on the earth for God. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So understand this, that the fall cannot and will not remove the image of God. What it will do is put a wedge between us and God. But what I love is that Jesus comes 
on the scene way, way a little bit later. Jesus comes on the scene and he restores identity to the body of Christ. Amen? Am I making sense? Is this Bible? Amen. Hallelujah. So the big issue, again, is that this identity crisis or this identity theft, its attempt is to pull us further and further away from God. And when you're pulled away from God, your image gets jacked up too. But the more I commune with him, the more I spend time with him, the more I worship him, hallelujah, I begin to become even more and more like him. My character begins to shift and change right in my face. Just literally, bam, I just begin to shift and begin to look more like him. Amen. Amen. Romans 8, let's go all the way to Romans 8, 29 through 30. And it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Amen. For those he foreknew, he predestined. So I want to deal with foreknow or foreknew. Amen. Because that means he had to know them before. Right? He had to know them before. Isn't it amazing how the prophetic started, of course, in the beginning? Because God knew us and he spoke us into existence and we manifested as he spoke it. And then the enemy tried to come and block, just like our personal prophetic promise, how the enemy will come and try to block what God has promised you. Amen. The enemy is attempting to rob God or to make him to to be a liar. Amen. But my God can't lie. So who he foreknew, he also predestined. And when I think about knew or to know, The only way you can know something or know somebody, let's talk about knowing someone else, you have to be in a true relationship. So who he was in relationship with, he predestined. Think. Who God knew, who he was in a deep, intimate relationship with. He began to know the fullness and bring the fullness of his knowing into our knowing. Amen. So I begin again again to know. Here I go with no, new. I begin to know what he knows concerning me because I've, I've totally submitted myself to a true relationship with him. What I love about God is, or the word rather, is that anytime you talked about knowing It was always intimacy. The Bible says, give you a little bit, Genesis 4 and 6, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. Matthew 7, 23, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you, depart from me. 
because you are workers of iniquity. So he had to know them, but he had to know them in a different way of knowing. (laughs) It's funny when God can know and when God can know. What are you saying? God can know of you, but does God know you? You can know of God, but do you really know him? And you say, well, what are you talking about? Do you have that intimacy with him? Is that's all I'm saying? Do you have a relationship with him? Because if that's the case, then that means you love him. Those that love God are called by God to do great exploits upon the earth. 1 Corinthians 8 and 3, but the one who loves God is known by God. So that's maybe this is all we talk about today. No. Do you know him? Does he know you? Yes, because I love him and he loves me too. Amen? Does this make sense? If we are to love God completely, it will involve our whole personality, our intellect, our emotion, and our will. The Bible says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The better we come to know him, Because when you begin to know him, you know who he really is. And there's no way that you can know him and not show him love. Because he's a lovable God. We just talked about his reckless love for us. Now the question is, can we flip that and be reckless in pursuit of him? Amen. Can I be totally sold out and on fire for him that all I want is him? I'm going to tell you, when I come here... (laughs) And I'm in worship. I do my best to, like, stay real cool (laughs) because that thing just stirs up, especially when you're singing reckless love. And I begin to think about if I were left, if I were left in my sinful nature, if I was left in a place of him not finding me and me not finding him. And that thing just does. It wrecks me. So that's why I'm up here, oh, God, oh, Jesus, I just want, oh, Lord, I'm just going to go crazy up here in just a minute. If they sing that one more time, I just might go crazy. But it's not just because I'm singing it, it's because I'm experiencing it. And when I begin to experience him, I have to show him how much I appreciate his love. I'm trying to, Amen. I got all these texts from Dr. Melody, Katie, all of them. Be yourself, so I'm going to be myself. (laughs) Amen. But when you begin to think of his reckless love, let's just stop for a minute. Let's not even talk about his image. Just think about his love. Think about his love. Doesn't that make you want to live right? Doesn't that make you want to be righteous before him? There's something about the Father's love. I've given my testimony many times. I didn't have that Father's love until I met the Father. So that's why I'm crazy about his love. (laughs) If I don't preach anything else, maybe I'll just continue to preach about his love. Because his love is what brings us and sets us to a place called freedom. Wow. Wow, his love 
totally, I got to keep moving. His love just totally wrecks me. Amen. Tell somebody his love continues to wreck me. Hallelujah. If you love him, do you trust him enough to be like him? Wow. If you love him, will you let him conform you to his image? Okay, let me keep moving. The more I love him and serve him, it ignites a passion for me not to just serve him, but to serve everyone around me for his glory. Amen. One thing that I, because we're talking about identity, and, and, and we're talking about being conformed now to the image of Christ. Amen. So let's talk about who Christ was. He was a servant. The Bible says that he did not come to this world to be served. He came to this world to serve. And one thing I'm, I'm just totally wrecked again about <laughs> is my ability to serve the people of God through God. God could have chose anyone else, but he chose all of us in this room to serve his people. Amen? <laughs> This is, this is another part where I get crazy. He chose me and you despite the shame and the past of yesterday. Come on, people. Y'all heard the testimony. You heard about what God brought me out of. I've shared that stuff. And, and, and it's not to boast, but it's to say God is a miracle-working God. If he can take a broke person like me, and still love me, and then say, now I'm calling you. You are my elect. That's a whole nother sermon, to be God's elect. We have some mighty things to do for God. I've heard people say, you know, I believe I have a calling, but I, I, I don't know how to step out. Just step out in his love. Step out in response to his love, and it will make you to shoot off like a rocket for him. Amen? Amen. The Bible says when Jesus would go and minister, the Bible says he was always moved by compassion. Amen. He was compassionate about serving the people of God. Can I say this? This is when I get in trouble. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about, it's about the world around you. It's about you releasing the love of God everywhere that you go. Oh, here we go. Can you release the love of God when the person on 81, oh, sha-ta-ta-ta, <laughs> almost runs you off of 81? We probably show some other things, don't we? <laughs> I'm like, 81 is like, I just feel like that is a, that's a tactic of the enemy. Every time I get on 81, this is a tactic of the enemy. <laughs> but I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, and I will release it out of my mouth. Hallelujah. But amen. Keep it moving. We are conformed in the image by Christ. And one thing to recognize about Jesus is that he was very much dedicated to the king and to his kingdom. We were just talking about singing and worship about his kingdom. 
And one thing that I'm recognizing is to be conformed to his image, I have to allow his kingdom to rule in me and through me. Amen? Jesus demonstrated intimacy with God, listen to this, by seeking him continually in prayer. Because you can't talk about the king and the kingdom, but don't have that time of intercession with him. Amen? Or intimacy with him. 45 times the gospel tells us that Jesus would go alone to pray. Now, I've heard people say, I've literally heard ministers tell me, I don't even have enough time to pray or to study because my itinerary is so big and so grand that I just don't have time. How is that the case? How do you know what you're going to release if you don't speak to him and he don't speak to you? That's why people are up preaching anything they want to preach. And it's not the word of the Lord because they have not taken the time to have communion with him. Me and my wife, we every so often we're like, babe, we need a date night. Get away from the kids. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Get away from the kids. Let me say that again. Get away. No, I'm just kidding. I love my kids. Get away from the pressures of life. Just go away. And sometimes our, our going away is five minutes up the street to the restaurant, but we just need to get away. We need to have that time with God. I know our schedules are crazy. Amen. There's times I'm at work and Holy Spirit wants to speak to me. I'm like, Lord, I'm in the middle of six spreadsheets. I'm trying to figure out what we're going to do next. And you want to speak. And the Lord said, are you doing, are you doing even that job for you or are you doing it for me? And it's funny that there's been times when Holy Spirit has wanted to speak to me. And I thought it was about church and ministry. And it was right about the business that I was working on. So he would say, control, alt, delete your computer. How, how many people know that? How to lock your computer? And he says, now go into a conference room and pray in the spirit. And then be quiet. And I will give you strategy. And every strategy that he's given has worked. So what are you trying to say? God is calling each of us to do some things. <sighs> Our life is not just, a, I say this in probably almost every sermon, our lives are not set up just to die to go to heaven. Our lives has been set up to bring heaven to the earth. When we talk about kingdom and we talk about the king, that's colonization, bringing the atmosphere of heaven upon the earth. I hear people say, Lord, revival, Lord, sin, revival, Lord, blah, 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 revival. But no one's taking the time to let revival start in them first so that revival can be released upon all the earth. And revival is not what a lot of us think it is. Revival, again, is heaven invading the earth. How does heaven invade the earth? God does not come against his principles. And his principle is that I can only do things through vessels. I can only bring revival through willing vessels. So in order to be conformed to his image, I have to be open to his glory. My God. And, okay, I got I to gotta end because I'm sure we're going to pray for a couple. But, but get this. When we talk about Bible, when we talk about kingdom, rather, 
One thing I, I, I studied yesterday, I said, Lord, what was Jesus's really, what was his priority? What, 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 what was it? And Jesus said to his disciples, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and everything else you need will be added unto you. He says, don't worry about the food you're going to eat. Don't worry about anything. I just need your concern to be my kingdom. Wow. How many believers are focused on the kingdom versus their own needs? When I begin to focus on his kingdom, he takes care of my needs. A lot of us are need-driven versus kingdom-driven. Lord, I will do this if you do this. And God says, it ain't even for you to even think about. Just focus on the kingdom. I'll be honest with you. Hallelujah. Uh, I, me and God have been having some chats, chit-chats. My wife recently came off of her job. And I said, Lord, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, I'll call Sister Laura. Maybe she'll write me some, you know, couple checks or something. I don't know what we're going to do. And the Lord said, seek ye first my kingdom. And then, you know, I love when God, he messes with you. He says, did I not do this before? Because my wife... She actually just started working, what, how long ago? Eight months ago? She hadn't worked in years since, what, Josiah? Seven years. My wife hadn't worked. And I'm focused on, Lord, how are we going to do this? <laughs> how many people are like this? You know, I like to live nice, Lord. <laughs> I like to dress nice, you know, I like to drive nice, Lord. I like to live in a nice home, Jesus. And the Lord said, yeah, you're focused on the wrong things. You're focused on material things. Because all of that couldn't pass away. But my word still remains. And if you would focus on my kingdom, I'll, I'll deal with your health. Help me, somebody. If you just focus on the kingdom, I, I, I will fix the financial strain that you're dealing with. If you would focus on my kingdom, I'm going to bring prodigal sons back home. If you would focus on the kingdom. See, I'm trying. If I was somewhere else, my voice would have went way up there. My kingdom. <laughs> focus on my kingdom because that's why you're here. You, you're, you're not even of this world. You just live in this world. I sent you to this world to bring about a change, and you're worried about the things that don't even can really concern you. Focus on the kingdom. And as you focus on the kingdom, God says, I'll begin to just totally bombard your life with those things that really concern you. When was the last time you asked God? And, and I found myself doing this, and I'm like, Lord, you got to be careful what you pray. I said, Lord, make me more like you. <laughs> and when you begin to pray those prayers, because I have a problem with patience. I said, Lord, make me more like you. And the Lord said, okay. And it seems like this past week, everything that could tick me off was right in my face. 
And I went to the Lord because I thought it was warfare. How many people do that? Lord, now I'm dealing with warfare. So I started doing warfare prayers. I cut the bull. I, I bind the enemy. I, I, I pull down the enemy right now. The Lord said, ah, it's not the enemy. It's me because you prayed this. Lord, make me conform to your image. So let me get the dirt out of your life. Let me get the attitude out of your life. Let me get all the stuff out of your life. I'm going to test it until it's proven that it's gone. Help me, Holy Ghost. When you have been made conformed to the image of Christ, you got to look like him. You have to carry the fruits of the spirit. Oh, my Lord. So now I'm careful. What I pray about. Hallelujah. Lord, make me more like you. And a lot of people pray that prayer to say, Lord, make me anointed like you. The anointing's already there. You just got to release it. You got to take a step out of faith. But in the midst of it, he going to make you look like him. Can I tell you, sometimes it hurts. Because he will begin to cause what's inside of you to come up so that you will not be shamed, but so that you will confront it. Now I'm shifting to deliverance. We're in a season where God is showing us, us, for his glory. He's showing us what's inside of us. Not to shame us, but because he calls us and believes that we are valuable enough to deal with what's in us. Oh, my God. Are y'all hearing me? What happens when you totally surrender to God and let him wreck your life for the good? (sighs) Come on, people. Do me a favor. Say, Lord. I'm available to you. Say, Lord, remove anything that would keep me from becoming your representation on the earth. Say, Lord, clean me up. Lord, break the shame off of me. Say, Lord, thank you that my history is your story, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we just play a little music? Is that okay? I mean, I could pick up the guitar if you want me to. I can pick up the guitar. No, I don't know how to play the guitar. I mean, I can pick it up and I'll put it back down. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, again, God wants to invade the earth. But before he invades the earth, he wants to invade our lives. And in the midst of him invading our lives is so that we become more like him each and every day. There's a prayer we pray, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Wow. One thing, as he's picking up something lovely here, one thing that I used to struggle with was comparison. 
I would compare myself to other prophets, other apostles, other teachers, other preachers. And I thought I would, you know, I thought that thing had went away. And the Lord put it back in my face. He said, you're not conformed to my image yet. Because I wasn't concerned about what others were doing. I just did my father's business. So I had to surrender. I'm still surrendering. It does not stop. (laughs) Hallelujah. I didn't get the chance to say this, but Psalms 115, 15 through 16, it says, Ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But listen to this. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. He's given us this earth. So we have to be conformed to his image so that we can transform this earth. Do y'all believe that? Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we yield again to you. We yield to your presence. We yield to your spirit. And we thank you, Father, for who you are and what you are in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.